A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Do you have the stomach to get nuclear revenge against your own mom? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, catching my two-timing boyfriend. It's almost Christmas again, and every year my sister and I have a little memorial of what was once the worst time of our lives. Now we make jokes and laugh about it, but at the time, there was nothing funny about the situation. My sister and I have always been super close. We were born with just a year between us, and our mother raised us to be so close that we thought we were twins at a point. So did everyone else. We even started school at the same time because we refused to be separated and it was the only way to get us to go. I am older than her and we also have a little brother who's turning 10 soon and we love him to death. The story focuses more on my sister, fake named Jane, and I. Since we started school together, we also graduated high school and went off to college. This was about two years ago. I opted to study robotics and artificial intelligence while my sister majored in animation and illustration. Because of the difference in our majors, we were assigned to different dorm rooms and given different roommates. We let it be, deciding to socialize and make other friends that weren't ourselves. Because of how much schoolwork we had and the sheer distance of our dorms from each other, we mostly spoke on FaceTime, only seeing each other during the weekends. With time, those visits ended and were filled with other commitments. My sister also got a boyfriend that she wanted to spend all of her time with. Well, all her weekends. I don't know if I'll chalk it up to being so close in age, but Jane and I were almost identical. Save for a few distinct differences in the length and color shades of our hair, we liked looking similar, and it was a conscious choice to do so. Jane hardly spoke to boys, so it was a little strange for me to believe that she had a boyfriend. I joked that it was fake and that she was only trying to make me jealous until she gave me a name and a picture of them. Well, of her holding him, because I only saw the back of his head and her hair in it. His name was Dylan, and I was very happy for her. According to her, Dylan was the most beautiful boy she had ever seen. She described him as the kind of person that romance stories are about. You know, all the shebang with nice teeth and beards and pretty eyes. She said that he was really nice to her and liked a lot of her favorite movies, which was even what attracted her to him in the first place. I guess that she having a boyfriend made me a little more open to meeting more people. I went on a few dates during the weekends, but none of them were any good. Until I met the boy I liked. He was always at the library, which is where I went to hide when things got more messy and we started talking after I found that he took the last textbook of a particular subject that I needed to read. I found out that we shared a few subjects and professors and we partnered to study together. His name was Andy and he had pretty chestnut hair that was pretty and long enough for him to have a man bun and it was much shinier than my own. He almost always shaved off his beards, leaving it just low enough that it resembled a shadow and teeth that you wouldn't notice were slightly crooked unless you looked at them for long enough. All in all, Andy was also a pretty dreamlike boy, and I really liked him. I was a socially inept nerd with only her sister as a friend before college, 
so I didn't have many ideas of what relationships were supposed to be like, but I knew that most boyfriends took their girlfriends out on dates. Andy never did though, he never offered, and I didn't care too much because we spent almost all of our free time during the week tucked into each other's arms. But I started to crave more than just Netflix and hooking up and good conversation. I wanted romance too. I wanted to go out on dates with him. And when he didn't ask, I decided to plan one and inform him about it like a surprise. We ended up not going because he had too much to do that day. Somehow, every time I suggested going out on a date or going on a double date with my sister and her boyfriend, Andy and I would suddenly start to fight. He always said that he just wanted me to himself and that he had social anxiety, but I knew that that was a lie. I knew exactly what social anxiety was like. Jane had a similar problem with her boyfriend, although she said that he'd always been pretty reserved. I was a little annoyed at the fact that my sister and I were alike to the point of even having the same kind of boyfriends. During a free week, Jane and I finally decided to see each other after nearly a month of not speaking in person. I visited her in her dorm room and it was so fun because we spoke over each other, trying to recount things that had happened during the time we were away. Then we had lunch and things were quiet for a while. I lay on her bed using my phone while she was at her reading table and trying to get some more schoolwork done on her laptop. Then her phone started to ring. It was just on the bed with me but before I could get to it, the call had ended. I still picked up the phone and handed it to her, but I saw her wallpaper, and the face beside her own looked familiar, a little too familiar. She and the boy had their faces pressed together and they were smiling. It looked like they were in her dorm room, and on a second glance, they were both shirtless. The call started coming in again, and I handed the phone to her, but I couldn't get the picture out of my mind. After she was done with her call, I asked for her phone again and looked closer at the picture just to confirm things. She saw me looking at the picture really intensely and then she started to explain to me that it was her and her boyfriend and that it was the only picture she'd been able to get him to take. I blurted out that I thought her boyfriend was mine too, but she started to laugh, probably thinking that I was joking. Immediately, I pulled up a video that I took of Andy and showed it to my sister. He never liked pictures and always avoided them, but sometimes was able to sneak a cute video or two. I had taken it when he wasn't looking, and I only had a few, but that was one of the ones where his face showed completely. We were really quiet at the fact that we'd been dating the same person for nearly three months. How the thought of never thinking of showing each other pictures eluded us was what surprised me the most, because we showed each other everything and never kept anything away, anything but our boyfriends. The little things he did started to make sense, like when he said he was busier during the weekends, and we hardly ever saw each other then. Jane usually mentioned that since they had different majors and barely any classes in the same area of campus, They only spend time with each other during the weekends. With this revelation, I had no idea what his name really was, whether it was Dylan or Andy, but we were sure that whatever his name was, we were going to make him pay. It was Jane's idea to take revenge because I was just upset and just wanted to break up, but she wanted to get back at him. According to her, taking this level of betrayal from a two-timing jerk like him was incredibly insulting and he couldn't walk around thinking he could do that to anyone else. We were going to pretend like we had no idea, 
and we were going to attack him where it hurt the most, with his education. The end of the semester was approaching, and then it was going to be Christmas break after. Jane and I decided that it was the best time to carry out our plan to mess with him and land a final blow. One that he would never see coming. The plan was simple, to make sure that we affected him in a way that he couldn't get back from. Since Jane had been with him for longer, she knew most of his smaller details, such as all of his class schedules and electives that he had. With a little more snooping around in his laptop, she was also able to get all of the due dates of his assignments and essays. One thing about Andy slash Dylan was that he depended heavily on alarms and reminders. He had told me that since he was a child he'd been using them, so they felt like a part of him that he couldn't shake off. Another thing was that he preferred to work on his assignments a day or two before he needed to turn it in, even if he had been given months to do it. One of the most important essays for the semester was due within the next few days, and we figured it would be a great time to strike. My sister got hold of his laptop after pretending that hers had broken, and she turned off the reminder on Andy's computer. Getting into his phone was easier, and she turned off more reminders on there as well. Not too many that it was so suspicious, but enough to throw him off track. At some point, I started to feel bad, not just because I really liked Dylan slash Andy, but also because everything felt so extreme. Most of my guilt left when I realized that a lot of times he told me he was busy with school and whatnot. He was actually just cheating on me with my sister, and it hurt terribly. I'm pretty sure she felt the same way, but she was the tough one of us, deciding not to say anything. Being cheated on hurts, and it was even worse that it happened to be my own sister. On the bright side, Dylan was convinced that he was going crazy. He seemed to set alarms, and they never rang and sometimes he kept things and came back not to find them there. His grades were declining rapidly, and it was driving him crazy too. His professor said that it was because he never turned in his assignments, but Dylan's argument was that he didn't even remember most of these things. As time passed, we learned that his name was actually Dylan, which was a relief that he was honest with at least one thing to us. We also learned that he was a complete jerk to most of his classmates, and they disliked him. So it never truly crossed anyone's mind to call or text the kid who acted like he knew everything more than everyone. Just before exams were to begin, Jane and I met by ourselves and decided to break up with him. He met Jane at a restaurant and he wore a hat, a hoodie and dark frames. It was nighttime. When he realized that he was looking at both of us, he froze with shock and walked right out. It was hilarious, but at that moment, all three of us knew that the relationship was over. It had been over since we found out that he was two-timing us, but he didn't know. Separately, he still tried to speak to us and justify himself, but it was just funny at that point. We didn't keep his two-timing a secret either, making sure it reached the kind of people that it would spread through campus. At the end of the semester, we heard that he failed his most important subjects and had to redo the semester. He was also unable to get anyone to date him because everyone now knew that he was a lying jerk. Here we are two years later and his reputation still precedes him in school while we celebrate the anniversary of the time an idiot tried to double cross us. I just can't imagine finding out that you and the person you're closest with in the entire world find out that you've been dating the same person for months. I mean how horrifying is that? Also hi. I'm Steven, and if you love crazy stories of revenge, 
why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our final crazy revenge story is teaching my abusive mom a lesson. I'm a 24-year-old woman, and last week I kicked my 60-year-old mother out of my house. I know what you're probably thinking, but it's very different from that and I'll explain how. But first, a backstory. My mother and I have always been at each other's necks right from when I was born. My dad's a trucker and was hardly ever around, so she felt pretty lonely most of the time until she got pregnant with me. He suddenly was at home a lot more and took care of her too. I guess some resentment or jealousy must have set in because after I was born, she almost completely removed herself from my upbringing. My father did most of the work, even having to quit his trucker job temporarily to take care of me. When I turned three and started school, my dad went back to work and it was mostly my mother and I during the week, until he returned during the weekend. As a kid who was attached to her father for so long, I really did feel my father's absence a lot. And my mother... A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com wasn't exactly the most affectionate parent, so I threw a lot of tantrums and cried a lot for my dad. She either completely ignored me or punished me for basically being a child. My dad loved her a lot, so when I would report her to him during the weekends when he would be around, he found so many ways to convince me that she loved me just as much as he did, even though she said and acted differently. Speaking as an adult now, I try to understand from her point of view She was probably jealous that it seemed as if her husband, who she loved very much, placed more importance on their child than he did her. Being jealous is a completely valid emotion, but I also feel as if the well-being of the child should come before these negative emotions instead of allowing them to make you detest your own kid. For so long after I was born, my dad asked to try for a sibling for me, and she refused. This was probably the reason she refused to have another child, so that the attention wouldn't divert from her. The one time I asked about getting a sister or a brother, I was slapped and left in a cupboard for literal hours. I think she even forgot about me completely for a while, only remembering that she had a child after five hours. My mother never failed to let me know that she didn't like me very much. Always commenting on how I looked and being my biggest bully, I didn't see her meanness as a completely bad thing. After all, I had my dad who more than made up for it all with his love and extra pocket money and gifts. I just accepted that that was how parental dynamics were supposed to work. 
It wasn't until I was in the sixth grade and preparing for a presentation that I realized that maybe my relationship with my mother wasn't normal. I had my first period and I had no idea what it was when I started having mind-bending cramps. I thought I was dying and it only became worse when I finally saw the blood on my white pants. I was in the bathroom reviewing the rest of my presentation when it all started and seeing blood was what made me start screaming bloody murder. The school nurse found me and after giving me replacement underwear, a pad and oversized khakis from the school's lost and found bin. After I'd calmed down, she joked about my mother never teaching me about periods and when I agreed that I had no idea what they were, she looked sad and said my mother was a bad mom. I refused to believe that and when I got home I asked my mother why she didn't inform me about periods. She just laughed it off but didn't respond. At that moment, I knew that the school nurse was right. My mother and I never really had a conversation about anything ever again and just stayed in our separate parts of the house and basically turned into strangers. I lost my dad when I was 15. I was in the 10th grade at the time. He passed from cancer, but it was discovered super late because all he did was work. He loved being a trucker more than anything else having taken over from his father at a pretty young age. So it was pretty much all he knew and it paid pretty decent money too. He just came home one weekend and looked incredibly pale and sickly, claiming that all he needed was to sleep and that he would be okay. That was the only time I can remember my mother and me ever agreeing because we called BS and basically forced him to go with us to the hospital. He was diagnosed barely three hours later and I could not stop crying. We were told that he had just one month to live and although he didn't make it past, staying for two and a half months instead, it still wasn't enough time. Barely weeks before he died, I had my 15th birthday and it was both the saddest and happiest birthday of my life. I got a car as a birthday gift from him, a nice little truck that he'd been saving for my 16th birthday instead. After his death and the funeral, whatever cooperation my mother and I had was over. It was back to business as usual, not speaking to each other. I got sick of this really quickly and got two jobs in the summer so that I would hardly be at home. I was either at work or out with friends. The night before school was set to resume for 11th grade, My mother sat me down and let me know that she couldn't keep housing or feeding me anymore and that I needed to give out. Her excuse was that my dad was gone and he didn't leave a lot of money for us both, so we had to manage our share. I remember crying and asking her to just hold on until I was done with high school. I even offered to pay rent, but she just looked at me with a blank expression and asked me to leave before the week was over. My mother handed me $7,000 as my share of the money my dad left, which I knew was a blatant lie, and kicked me out. I sold a lot of my stuff so I could have extra money and just lived in my car for a week, dazed and confused about what the heck just happened. For survival, I initially thought of getting a place on my own, but being underage without a personal bank account or credit score was already an issue on its own. I didn't want anything that would make me have to see my mother again. The nurse at school, I'll call her Miss Teresa, the only one who knew about anything, mainly because she spotted me sleeping in my car one night and decided to probe. I didn't allow her to help too much because getting help from people in difficult situations made me feel weak. But she made sure I had hot dinners at hers as often as I could manage during the week. 
and on weekends, she insisted I slept in her guest room so that I could catch up on my schoolwork. This nurse was more of a mother to me in a week than my own mother had been all 15 years of my life, and it occasionally made me cry. I let her take care of me until I graduated. She then asked if I had college plans. I didn't because I intended to travel for a little while. I had saved up enough from working multiple jobs and it was more than enough to travel for a year, with some left over to save up for a house and other things. Miss Teresa was very supportive and with her help I was able to get a virtual job. I traveled around Europe for an entire year, working as a virtual assistant and then added the travel blogger title to my list of credentials. When I returned back to America, I had more money than I left with and Miss Teresa had helped me keep my car intact. I was about 19 at the time, so I decided that it would be a good time to get into college. Four years after, I graduated with a degree in art history and a pretty decent influencing job. I also had my own place too. At 24, I had done good for myself and I knew that my father would be proud of me. I still occasionally thought about my mother, but I knew that she didn't want me, so it didn't hurt me too much. Until she showed up at my door high with two of her teeth missing and wrinkles on her face. The funniest part was that she showed up demanding that I take her in because I was the reason that her life fell apart anyway. It was sudden, but I was glad to just see her safe. She was my mother in the end. It was a disaster from the beginning and I should have known enough to put her in an old people's home right off the bat, but I didn't want to because she was an addict and I was unsure of her state. My mother was mean and undermined everything I did, telling me things like I only had everything I did because I hooked up with men for it and that all of my travels were escort jobs. The accusations were insane, but somehow I was used to her and I held out hope that she would change. Boy, was I wrong. It only got worse by the day. I was scared of bringing any friends or even my own boyfriend into my own space because of how much my mother terrorized me. I was prepared to endure it for a little longer just to try my hand at having a relationship with my mother, but then Miss Teresa got very sick. She had no family or friends around and I was the closest person that the hospital could call. I didn't hesitate to take her in because she was there for me when I needed it the most. My mother did not like this at all. She nagged me all the time and asked when Miss Teresa was leaving. I let her know every time she asked that it wouldn't be any time soon until she was better. After the third time, she kept quiet about it and let me be. I got a really big job that I needed to travel out of state for, and it would only be for a weekend. I wasn't sure how my mother and Miss Teresa would cope together, but I assured myself that no matter what happened, there wouldn't be any dead bodies. I should have known that it was the most stupid idea because I came back a day early and I saw that my mother had force-fed Miss Teresa nearly all the contents of her bottle of medicine. The poor woman was foaming at the mouth while my mother helped herself to cookies and the entire house looked like a crime scene. I did the first thing that came to mind and called an ambulance. Thankfully, Miss Teresa survived, just barely. I knew right after that my mother had to leave. I was mad and hurt and everything she ever did came crashing down at once. She had always been a terrible mother and she had almost gotten rid of the only person besides my father who decided I was worth love and support. I made up my mind to take revenge on my mother in a way that I knew she couldn't help herself. I kicked her out of my house. 
I had just come back from the hospital and I saw her cooking herself lunch in my kitchen, so I did her a favor and started packing her things. She saw me doing it and began yelling and screaming and calling me names, but I didn't let it affect me in that moment. I just packed her bags and threw them down the top floor. I told her that she was not a good person and that I was tired of cosplaying that we had a relationship. I let her know that I forgave her for all the hurt, but I was officially done with the relationship. She continued to yell and scream like a banshee, but I closed my door on her. I felt even better knowing that she had literally nowhere to go and she would be stuck on the streets the same way I was. Miss Teresa recovered really nicely and I made sure that she moved in with me so that I could take care of her better. I think it goes without saying that them just getting kicked out and having nowhere to turn to was a very light punishment for what was basically attempted murder. I mean, OP's mom should have been locked up for a long time. And I'm surprised that OP didn't, you know, pursue that. I guess OP has a bigger heart than I would. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.